Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 106.1. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King. On Sports 106.1. And a good morning to everybody. Tuesday, the 14th of July, just flying through the month as we gear up getting ready for some basketball, NBA style in Orlando, getting ready for Major League Baseball's return. We are hopeful that things are going to go off without a hitch. We have our fingers crossed, our toes crossed, everything crossed, hoping for the best. And we understand there's going to be some fallout, there's going to be some ups, there's going to be some downs, and we're prepared for that. It's going to be something that we just have to tread lightly as we go through this, and it's going to take time to get it right. We understand that, but we do want the return of sports as we see uh, spiking throughout the country, and we understand there's a lot of situations developing in terms of more numbers of positive tests and we understand there's a lot more numbers of people getting tested we certainly hope that the testing and the results can happen in a much quicker fashion i know the nfl is talking about one of the things that they want to do is have tests done daily which would be great not only for the nfl but for the average citizen Uh, if you could get up every day before you go to work and know that you're free and clear and not uh, potentially infecting anyone else. That's a situation that we all are hoping is going to happen. I know they're working on it feverishly, uh, no pun intended, but I know that we are trying to get this thing right, and there's a lot of moving parts to it, and we're hopeful that we can get this thing done as quickly as possible. want to let you know we can't do our show without our fabulous sponsors. We want to thank them right now. The Nerve Company, never underestimate Radical Vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. Good morning, Denver. Go to www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. Graphics, website design, marketing plans. They do it all, and they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. Hey, how about our friends at CMA Colonial Honda? They continue to keep lies moving forward. Go out and see for yourself. New cars, used cars, an amazing selection, which can be delivered directly to your door. Uh, Give a call to President and General Manager Tim Cosgrove and his outstanding team. They are the best car selling team in the country. They will make it happen for you every time. 
That's CMA Colonial Honda. How about the podiatry centers with Dr. Paul Ross? If you have a foot problem of any kind, hey, you can actually call Dr. Ross and schedule an appointment. If you have a foot issue now in the world of coronavirus, you can actually do a telemeeting with him. Tell him what's wrong. He can evaluate and give you some information, and then you can actually schedule an in-person meeting, but before that, uh, you can do it online. Uh, Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery with offices in Springfield, Virginia, and Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 180,000 people that have been seen by the best in the business. That's Dr. Paul Ross in the Podiatry Center. The Sports King Show features Dr. Paul Ross here every week with the Ross Rules of Foot Care, heard weekly to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. And how about our great friend? He is Joe Moglia. The Joe Moglia Report brought to you exclusively by Coastal Carolina University, the Chanticleers, where he used to be the head football coach. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade, who offers insight on life, finance, and sports, heard weekly on the Sports King Show. It's the Joe Moglia Report. So the Redskins name, I keep getting texts and calls and more texts and more calls. Sports King, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Can you change it? Can we fix it? You know what, folks? I've been a lifetime Washington Redskins football fan. I've said that. Trying to look at this from all sides and all aspects. It's finally, you know, getting to me to where, you know, what can you do at this point? You have to accept the change that's happening. It's coming. Regardless if you want it to come or don't, whichever side of the fence you're on, you have to look at it and say it's in the world we're in right now and the way things are going and the way things have progressed, uh, all sides need to be looked at. It looks like the name is definitely changing. They have retired officially the Redskins logo, the Redskins name. Uh, They're now the Washington Football Club. Uh, Article USA Today uh, was reading more about uh, some of the background, and uh, many folks are saying that, uh, you know, don't look at Dan Snyder making this as a courageous move. Of course, it's been done as a financial move. Everybody knows that. And anybody that's saying, wow, you know, all of a sudden Dan Snyder uh, just had an epiphany and he's really going to move forward on this issue, it's just not the case. They have uh, absolutely squeezed the financial blood out of the man to the point where he said, I have no other choice. I've got to do this. Because I'm telling you right now, if everything was equal and he had all the money and there were no issues and all the sponsors were aligned with him right now, ask yourself this question. Do you think Dan Snyder in any way, shape, or form would change this name? The answer is absolutely not. There's not one chance in a million. Because he said several years back, and you can put it in all caps, I will not change this name. I have no intention of changing this name. It is a name that I've loved since I've been a child, and I'm going to keep this name, and you can put it down in bold type. But now, flash forward, uh, you know, you're looking at a situation where when you have Pepsi, Cola, and uh, FedEx, and uh, all of the big sponsors, Nike, saying, hey, no more. We're not going to do it. We're not going to support you. And then your naming rights group says we're going to, you know, bounce out of this deal, even though we have a deal with you till 2025. We're not going to stand by you if you don't do something about this. So basically, his hands are tied. He's making the move. And you have to remember, FedEx paid $205 million for 25-year naming rights back in uh, 1999. And they have threatened to take that name off the stadium unless this change was made. Nike pulled team merchandise from his website. Washington uh, is the only team whose gear isn't available online. Pepsi expressed his disapproval as well. The message is clear. Either change the name or Snyder's team would be a corporate pariah. So when you look at it, 
uh, in this situation, all of the gear you have. And somebody asked me yesterday, will I get in trouble if I go to FedEx Field and I have my Redskin jersey on or my Redskin hat that I paid good money for? Folks, I'm telling you right now, sadly, I believe there will be an edict from the team, from the NFL, that says the Redskins gear, the Redskins helmets, Redskins hats, anything that you have worn previously, this hasn't been official. I'm just telling you what's coming down the road. They're going to say, if you wear that, you're not welcome in the building. That's my personal take on this. I just think they're going to say, we don't want to see it. We don't want it to be a remembrance. We don't want it there, period. So, you know, then fans are going to get upset, and there's going to be a lot of revolt there because people are going to say, hey, I bought this and supported this group. Despite what happened now, back then when everything was okay, and now you're telling me I can't wear this stuff anymore. So, you know, you've got long-standing folks going back 87 years that have worn this stuff and purchased this stuff and supported this team through good, through bad, through indifferent. And, folks, let's be honest about it. You go back to 1991, we're talking close to 30 years ago, the last time this team was relevant in terms of a uh, quality team. I mean, you could say, yeah, we, we won this game. And that, it, folks, let's, let's be honest about this. This team has been horrific since 1991, the last time we had the Lombardi Trophy, the last time we were really in a situation to win it all. And we've got folks all over Facebook Live as well as Sports 1061 with their opinions. Of course, uh, uh, many people feel that a lot of fans are going to revolt to not go. And you're talking about legacy fans, folks. You're talking about, I remember years ago, back to the RFK days, I was at one point 80,000 down for season tickets. I was trying to get season tickets because once you get them in your family and you hold on to them, it's something that families just don't let go of. Uh, all the sellouts we had and all of the big games and the team, it was just something, a badge of honor to have that in your family's legacy. You could pass it on down, and they did for generation after generation. Now you can walk up to FedEx Field on any day, probably get a 50-yard line seat, and not have to worry about whether there's a lot of competition for it. Because most of the time, you'll see other teams filling up the lower bowl. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Green Bay Packers, whoever comes to town here, basically makes FedEx their home field. Because the home field advantage of FedEx field, to me, has been washed away. If you disagree, give me a call, 804-327-0888. I just don't see any home field advantage at FedEx field. FedEx Field, make no mistake, is no RFK Stadium. We've never felt that kinship there, that love there. It's just been an antiseptic, uh, very uh, vanilla place. It's just not some place where you feel like, uh, we've got a big home field advantage here. Uh, years ago, I said I went to a Monday night game where the Steelers absolutely destroyed the skins. I think it was like 38-9 to 9 on a Monday night. After sitting and watching that and have to wait two hours in traffic to get out, I was very happy, as you can imagine. But then... To watch the lower bowl with twenty five to 30,000 Steelers fans, I, I was thinking to myself, am I in Pennsylvania or am I in the DMV? That's where things get upsetting to you as a fan. This is your team. When you see another city coming in and basically trying to buy up all your tickets and then basically make their place your place, uh, I mean, your place, their place, it's one of those situations where you get so upset, you're like, man, this has got to stop. But we just don't seem to have that home field anymore because we haven't had a product worthy of saying, you know what, we want to own this again ourselves. So now many people are saying, hey, what is the name going to be? Well, that's the next topic. 
there is a lawyer, obviously, that has gone out and squatted on some names. And the lawyer, uh, you can say he's a genius or you can say he's a guy that's looking at a great business uh, opportunity, but he has basically 44 names that he has sat on. And one of those situations where he has, you know, I believe, Red Wolves, I believe he has Warriors, he has a lot of the key names the skins are looking at. So when they say there are trademark issues in play here, uh, that's what's happening there. Somebody has tried to beat Dan Snyder to the punch, gone out and basically have the names under his umbrella and all the domains there now. Uh, you're in a situation where Snyder and company are scrambling to say, okay, if we're going to get this name, we're going to have to deal with this guy. And basically he went out and beat us to the punch, and now we got to negotiate with somebody about getting the name. So that's the situation that's unfolding there, 804-327-0888. What do you think the name should be? Many people have many opinions about this. And then I'm reading, uh, as I have been uh, constantly, there is uh, all kinds of talk about uh, the Redskins owe the Native Americans apologies because of the name change. They didn't consider them during this. They didn't reach out to them and say, hey, we're sorry we used the name and we're now changing it. And I know right now the focus is on changing the name to something more uh, equitable for everybody that everybody can be happy with. And, uh, you know, I sit there and look at it from a side view saying, you know, what uh, what does it matter? Because it looks like at some point, uh, if you name them the Red Wolves, maybe you offend somebody at PETA. I mean, I, I don't know. And you can say, well, come on, Sports King, you're being too dramatic. Well, really, am I? I mean, do we know what's going on? I mean, if you're a fan of the Braves or the Indians, are you sleeping well at night? Or are you worrying to wake up with that text saying, hey, the Atlanta Braves, the Cleveland Indians, their names are changing. Florida, Florida State Seminoles, they're changing. Uh, you know, it's a situation that you don't really know. You hope that these situations don't happen, but you don't know. And if you're a lifelong fan of these teams, you're sitting there saying to yourself, well, it could happen. It may happen. We don't know for sure. And that's the situation that we're following. So uh, big doings yesterday with the retirement of the name. And as you're an old-time Skins fan, as I am, you say to yourself, okay, I'm starting to get adjusted to it. I'm starting to think about it. And, you know, it's something where you're used to going one direction your whole life. All of a sudden you have to stop and go the other way. You're like, uh, you know, this is going to be hard to take because this is all I've ever known. And there's an old saying about change. I've talked about it on the show before. Many people talk about change. They'll say, I love change. I embrace change. I want change as long as it doesn't affect me. So uh, many people are slow to change, folks. If you've done something a long time and somebody says, you know, you can't zig anymore, you got to zag, not always easy to swallow when you've done it one way your whole life. So now, uh, how is that going to affect folks? And many people are saying, and I've read uh, texts and emails and calls to me saying, I'm never going to follow this team again. I'm done with it. I can't do it. I can't follow somebody that's going to give it up that easily without a fight. And then you have to look at the Dan Snyder aspect and say, well, you know, when you lose hundreds of millions of dollars, what would you do as an owner? Would you stand firm and say, hey, I'm going to draw the line in the sand. We're not changing the name no matter what. Or do you say, you know what? Hey, it's time to lay down my sword. I've lost hundreds of millions of dollars. And I just feel bad in so many ways because this isn't a Dan Snyder, Mia Culpa, where he's saying, you know what, you're right. It, it really is a bad name. I need to change it. It's strictly and solely about the finances. And that's it. That's just a blanket statement there. You can kind of draw it any way you want. And 
look at it any way you want. But if anybody out there thinks it's different than the financial, it, it's just not. When a guy says, I'll never change it, to all of a sudden, I'm going to change it. That's where we're at. 804-327-0888 is the number. What do you think? The name change. Are you for it? Do you agree with it? Do you think it's going to be a certain name? What do you expect it to be? Will it be off the charts, a name that maybe nobody saw coming? I mean, could it be Washington Presidents, Washington Monuments, Washington Red Tails? I've heard Washington Tuskegee Airmen. I mean, you know, it's running the gambit of what it could be. And then some people said, hey, we could still be the Washington Redskins, just leave the uh, potato redskin on the side of the helmet. I mean, we've seen that, too. So, I mean, you've basically uh, seen a little bit of everything. The jokes have come out. It's just something. But when your team is getting all the focus for the wrong reasons, that's also disturbing to me. You know, a team with three Super Bowl champions, uh, championship trophies in their case. You've got, uh, you know, the only coach that has three quarterbacks uh, that have won Three Super Bowls, three different quarterbacks, the only franchise ever to do that. And you see all the history and the great players, the Riggins and the Daryl Greens and the Charles Manns and the Dexter Manleys and Dave Butts and Mark Mosley, all the great players. And now all of the history of the team, in essence, has been kind of pushed aside and said, well, you know, that's a dark secret we really don't want to talk about. It's the Redskins. That's back when they were there. Let's forget about that. But you can't do that because that's the essence of the team, I heard Mark Schlereth, the former offensive lineman for the Redskins, say this morning that, you know, a nickname's a nickname, but the men who made this team, the men who built this team, the players that did the great plays, the Hogs, and all the folks up front, and all the folks in the backfields, and all the receivers, and the Monk, Clarks, and Sanders, you can't wash those guys away as much as some folks are saying historically don't look back at that don't talk about them forget about that it was a bad thing well to many people that was history that was the legendary aspect of this team the players who made the plays were the ones we'll never forget so you can change the colors you can change the logo you can change the nickname but you can't change the results and what the results are you know, was a great franchise that did great things. Now, it's been hard times. We all know that. But when you look back, and something yesterday Mark Mosley said that has stuck with me over the last 24 hours, he said, Coach Gibbs, and anybody that knows Joe Gibbs know one of the classiest, kindest, kind-hearted men you'd ever meet in terms of he's a deeply religious man, he loves people, he treats people well, and everybody that knows Joe Gibbs loves Joe Gibbs in terms of the type of man he is. And the respect I have for him is tenfold. So let me say this. When I heard yesterday Mark Mosley said on these airwaves, on my show, that Joe Gibbs before every game would say, guys, let's go out, play like Redskins, play Redskins football. Let's bring this home. Let's win this ball game. That was a term of endearment. That was a term of love. That was a term of a brave uh, front going out and doing your best under that name and if anybody knows joe gibbs knows that wasn't done with malice it wasn't done with hatred it wasn't done from a bad place it was done from a place of honor so when i see and hear some of the things in the vitriol directed at this team and at this nickname it bothers me when i hear things like that and you hear stories about go out and play with that honor and that dignity and then on the other side you'll hear certain players say you know okay maybe it's time to change maybe it's done maybe it's over maybe it's time for a new page let's face it this team as we know it the washington redskins hasn't been viable since 1991 hasn't done anything great i'm not saying that's enough to throw a team away but maybe the change is is 
now, maybe it should be now because of the fact that uh, the current situation we're in and maybe find a name that we can live with and move forward with. But some of these other teams out there, not out of the woods yet. Last night I'm hearing about the Kansas City Chiefs under fire right now. So the world champion Chiefs, a longtime legacy team, Lamar Hunt and all the great things the AFC has done, now are looking at themselves saying, you know, do we have to change our names? And I just say, you know, when the Braves come out and say, we're not changing our names, the Indians, we're not changing our names, we'll look at it, but we're not changing right now. And they're kind of taking the hardline stance, and certain teams are. You know, it's okay for the goose, not so much for the gander. So that's where I'm saying there's got to be some parity. They're looking at this now. They're talking about this. The dialogue is there. It's just one of those things where you have to wonder what direction these teams and teams' owners are going to you know, go about in terms of trying to come full circle and make this, you know, fair and equitable for everybody. So that's where we're at. So we'd love to hear from you today, 804-327-0888. We've got a big show for you today. Of course, we're going to talk more about the SEC. Of course, that could be in jeopardy right now, the Southeastern Conference. If you're a fan of Alabama, Auburn, all those great teams there. Folks, I'm telling you right now, they're saying SEC could be in jeopardy. I'll talk more about that after the break. Of course, I also want to get your take Patrick Mahomes yesterday talking about winning six titles and maybe a seventh to try to beat Tom Brady. Do you think he will? And do you think uh, he's better than Lamar Jackson? Of course, he has one Super Bowl championship. Who would you rather have, Lamar Jackson from Baltimore, Patrick Mahomes, for the long haul? Who's the better player and why? We'd love to hear from you on that as well. So we will take those phone calls and talk more the SEC as the Sports King rolls on this Tuesday morning. Hi, this is Vince Papali, whose life was featured in the movie Invincible. You're listening to another guy who is invincible as well. The Sports King, Jamie King, on Sports 106.1. Hi, sports fans. It's the Sports King for the podiatry center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts hard cast. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. Want to reach the sports king? Call 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Learn it. Know it. Live it. Welcome back Tuesday morning on the Sports King. The fallout from the Redskins name continues all the way to London, England. Ralph Faulkner asking me, do you think Dan Snyder tried to find other sponsors to keep the name? Well, you know, possible, but I doubt it. I think it was so toxic. I don't think many sponsors were lining up to follow this situation and uh, basically want to stay as far away from it as possible. And basically, uh, he went on to ask me, do I think that the uh, skin should have done what the Packers have done and basically let the fans buy the team, and then maybe the fans would keep the name. I, I mean, that's another 
scenario, but I don't see Dan Snyder selling the team to fans. That, uh, that's something uh, maybe wishful thinking, and maybe the fans of the team would have kept the name. I'm not sure. I would love to see that poll of uh, season ticket holders and folks in the DMV, what the numbers would be. I think many people have said they'd love to keep it, so you never know. It's uh, totally up in the air as to what that might look like, but you know, it's a situation that looks to be done now. For all intents and purposes, now it's on to finding the right name, not just a name. And here's the thing that I want to get off my chest. It's basically, if we're going to go with a new name, okay. I'm not happy about it. You know, I've looked at it from all sides. But if it's going to happen and we move forward, let's move forward with something that all of us can live with, all of us can move forward with and say it's staying here. It's not going to be subject to removal because maybe five years down the road, somebody is upset about it. So let's find something that we can live with, that everybody can live with, and we can all move forward happily and uh, have a successful future. That's my take. Uh, talking about the SEC, many people in the Southeastern Conference, you know this, being a Power Five conference, being one of the great conferences in all sports, many people feel the SEC football is by and large ahead of everybody else. Some people in the ACC may disagree, but that's the situation as it is right now. When you look back on the SEC football, uh, as recently as mid-May, Alabama Athletics Director Greg Burns said in an interview with the SEC Network that the hope and plan right now is to play this fall with a full schedule and a full stadium. That was in mid-May. Even as the construction workers at Bryant-Denny Stadium were falling ill, getting sick, so you're looking at it there, and then you look at a month after that, Texas A&M's Ross Bjork expressed optimism that 50% capacity limit imposed by Governor Greg Abbott then for sporting events would be significantly increased by the time football season rolled around. That was his take then. Uh, there was even a suggestion that states like Georgia and Florida came out of lockdown that the SEC might play football this fall while other leagues lag behind, which I just don't understand how the SEC can play, but maybe the Pac-10 can or the Big Ten can. It's got to be all or nothing from my take, because if not, rankings mean nothing. Uh, national championships mean nothing. If you can't all play, maybe you should all pause, hit the pause button and come back together collectively. Why would um, you know SEC play, maybe the Pac-10, but not the Big Ten? And, and then you don't have a real champion. You have a, a disjointed situation that just gets worse and worse. The SEC schools rushed to get football players back on campus in early June. Against all logic, the infectious disease expert who was helping to write the league's guidelines for those workouts did not recommend frequent COVID-19 testing, leading several schools to initially say they would only test players who were symptomatic. See, here's the problem. You can't do it this way. We've talked about this. You have to have it's going to be this way. Like the NFL is asking, the players are asking, and rightfully so. I want to be tested every day, and you have to have a result every day. That's the only way this can possibly work. And you'll say, well, it's costly. It's not uh, rational right now because currently we don't offer that. Well, until you do, that should be at the forefront from a warp speed aspect. Let's get the testing done. Let's get the results done, and everybody gets an all-clear before you hit the practice field. When you return, make sure everybody's safe. When you go home, if you go home and leave a bubble environment, you got to be tested before you even step on the field the next day. If not, immediately quarantine. That's the only way this can work, folks, because here's the deal. If you have an offensive lineman that goes home and, say, his daughter is in school and uh, she gives a fellow 
student a hug and that fellow student has a father that maybe has uh, traveled or done something he brings it back and it goes back to the offensive lineman it goes back in the building and it goes like a wildfire so bottom line is if they go outside the bubble which i don't recommend i think it should be a bubble environment during the season some people agree some people disagree to that but you have got to look at this from all sides and daily testing daily results is your only answer that's my take on this what's yours 804-327-0888 do you see any other way we can go through this. The NBA is going through it right now on the bubble side. We'll talk about that, and it seems to be off to a good start. Of course, a few hiccups. We're expecting some hiccups. But when you look at the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, when you talk about some of the aspects there, one of the guys that came out early was Kirk Herbstreet. Herbie, who I have a lot of respect for, one of the top analysts in all of uh, college football and all of the world, a guy that really has his head on, he knows the pulse of football. He said on ESPN Radio that he would be, quote, shocked if the season happened this fall. This is Kirk Herbstreit speaking. He said, from what I understand, people that I listen to, you're 12 to 18 months from a vaccine. This was back when things started. He said, I don't know how you let these guys go into a locker room and let stadiums be filled up and how you can play ball. I just don't know how you can do it with the optics of it. But rather than take his warning, Herb Street's story got shouted down by fans and uh, folks from different universities calling him a fear monger. Since then, if you have listened to Kirk Herbstreet, he's barely said anything about the coronavirus because he's let others take the lead on it. He has not talked about it. He says, basically, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying anything. I gave my opinion then, and he took a beating for it. Turns out Herbstreet was the smartest guy in the room. Years down the road, when history of how it was done and how it was written, it will be filled with curiosities like Herbstreet. He is, uh, some people say, an alarmist, but what he's done is basically raise the question and the specter of what's going on, basically saying, I don't see how we can do it. And the sports king is telling you right now, I feel the same way as Kirk Herbstreit does. Um, if you don't have testing and you can't protect the players and the staffs, as Herb Edwards said at Arizona State, 150 players, staff, and support staff on the sideline, and 150 on the other side. That's 300 people right there that all have to be tested, all have to be clear, because if they come in contact with each other, it can wipe out both sidelines. So you're looking at that before you let anybody into the stadium. So if the SEC is to move forward, which I don't know if they will, some people are saying right now that is in deep, deep jeopardy uh, as far as the 2020 season. Uh, of course, the money that they're bringing in is so huge in terms of overall specter in terms of what they bring and what they provide to everybody else you're looking at some of these college uh, coaches having to take some pay cuts which rightfully they should uh, when you can't pay some of your university um, professors but you have to pay all the college coaches the money they're making somebody's got to give something here because of the state we're in but all these teams are looking at it and i say this as much as i hate to make this statement that we may have to put this thing off till the spring until we have adequate testing I think if we have adequate testing in sports, we'll be able to make it through. And what's adequate? Adequate is daily testing, daily results. Daily testing, daily results. you got to keep saying it to yourself. That's the only way we can do this. We can't do a test today and get a result three days from today. It just can't happen. That's what the Major League Baseball players are so upset about. They're saying, hey, over the 4th of July holiday, we took tests, and then we didn't find out the results for you know, three, four days. It just can't work that way because by that three, four day window, you may have infected a ton more people. So that's my take on the situation. That's why Major League Baseball is upset. 
And I do agree with Kirk Herbstreet. If we can have that adequate testing situation in all sports, I think we can get our handle around uh, the entire deal in terms of making this thing move forward. In unison, all these leagues will have a chance to succeed if we can do it the right way. If we don't, I see no way we can basically get this situation going. So you're looking at the fall uh, college sports schedule being in deep, deep peril right now. The Ivy League was the first one to basically say, you know, we're going to go off into the spring. They may not be the last, but you're looking at a situation now where the top Power Five conferences are examining themselves like never before, saying, can we do this? Can we do this safely? What's your take? 804-327-0888. Do you think the college football season should be played if certain conferences are left out? If some say we'll play in the spring, but some say we'll play in the fall, how do you come down on that? My take is this. It has to be equitable. It has to be parity. It has to be all or nothing. I think if we all play in the fall or we all play in the spring, but we all play with a situation where we have a better handle on this, why rush into something? As much as I hate, and trust me, the idea of not having college football in the fall sickens me. Uh, high school football sickens me. I mean, I love it. Uh, as much as any person on the face of the earth, I love college football. The NFL looks like they're going to go like a bull in a china shop, they're going to go forward. But the players yesterday said it's got to be everyday testing or we can't do this. So with that being said, if the fall comes and there's no everyday testing, can there be football as we know it in any way, shape, or form? And I say no. I just think it's going to be problematic in every aspect. Uh, so for the safety of the college athletes, and you got to remember, folks, these aren't guys getting paid. These college players are putting their lives at risk in some cases, especially the overweight linemen, defensive, offensive linemen, guys over 300 pounds with high body mass indexes. These guys are putting their lives on the line to play college football. So why would you allow them to do that? Why would any athletic director allow that to happen? Because I'm going to tell you this, if they do this, and let's say Joe Smith is an offensive lineman at X University, and all of a sudden something, heaven forbid, happened to him, what do you think is going to happen then? Uh, a high-priced lawyer comes in, and Joe Smith's parents are going to say, look, hey, you put my son out there at great disregard for his health. I'm suing you for several hundred million dollars. And folks, don't think it's not going to happen. So why would anybody put themselves in that position? Because a lot of folks out there are saying, if you've looked at some of the rallies around the country and a lot of the events around the country, Folks are asking you to sign waivers before you go into these large mass events because they want to protect whoever is putting it on from being sued. Same thing with the universities. I can see them easily saying, hey, would you please sign this, taking the risk? Because there's an inherent risk. If something happens, you want to make sure that we protect the brand. Whatever that college brand is, they want to be protected. So don't think that you're going to hear more and more as the months go on if they don't have adequate testing. Players are going to be asked to sign waivers. All these sports are going to start looking at waiver systems to protect whatever brand it is. And that bothers me because, of course, it looks like, hey, let's limit the liability here. Let's say uh, we'll only give $100,000 if something bad happens. Let's limit it there. That way we can stop the bleeding from a financial aspect. Don't worry about the athletes. Let's go ahead and make sure that we protect us, the brand, and, and our livelihoods. But let's not look out for the athletes. This has got to be athlete-centric to me. It has to be athletes first, foremost. I think owners have a responsibility. I think uh, the GMs have a responsibility. The people paying the bills have the responsibility of saying, you know what, 
we are opening ourselves up here to major liability. If we put these athletes out here in harm's way and don't protect them first and foremost, yes, the fans are going to be upset if we have to go to a spring schedule, but wouldn't it be better to go to a spring schedule if we had to, if we don't come up with that daily testing situation and basically protect everybody? That way everybody can go out and have fun and enjoy it, and maybe the fans in the stands as well. And some places are saying not even 50% in terms of fans being allowed into the building, it may be 25%. So a building that has 100,000 capacity, a stadium with 100,000 capacity, maybe 25,000 fans will be sparsely uh, seated six feet apart, of course, throughout. You can't come in contact with anybody. Of course, food will be a nightmare because you can't have somebody dealing food that you don't know where it's come from. So you've got the food, the merchandising. I mean, it's just a total mess. So, I'm looking at this situation where fans may be able to attend, not right away. They're talking about the NFL with no fans. The NBA has no fans. Hockey has no fans. I guess they're going to pipe in some sounds or something. But right now, to me, it's very disappointing when you can't have the aspect of the fans in the stands. The fans make the game. The excitement of a little boy or little girl smiling when they get a football or cheering and the looks on the faces of the kids when they see something happen they've never seen before. That makes sports so beautiful. That's one of the great aspects of sports is little kids get to see things they've never seen before. Catch a fly ball or dad gives them a ball or they get a bat from a player. These are things that you can't ever forget as a, as a youngster. And when you look at those things being taken away, and the fact that a dad and a mom take their son or daughter to a ball game for the first time, these are lifetime memories you never forget, but now it's stripped away. and You don't know if you'll even have that opportunity right now. So I think in my overall statement on this will be from here on out, if you can't have daily testing with daily results, you're not going to have any viable sports. I, I just don't see how it can happen. That's my take. I'd love to hear from you. 804-327-0888. 804-327-0888. Do you think there's going to be a college football season under any circumstances, or do you think it's going to be a league-by-league league situation? My biggest problem here is there's no communication among the Power Five, no communication among any of the teams. It seems like, hey, we're all renegades. We'll do it our way, and if they want to follow suit, fine. If they don't, fine as well. I just see so many problems with that. The fact that there should be – this is where uh, the NCAA president, Mark Emmerich, should get everybody in a room and say, guys, we have to, whether it be Zoom room or whatever, we have to do this together and show unity as an NCAA body versus having a bunch of renegade leagues saying, hey, I want this, I want that. But the reason Mark Emery's staying silent is because the lawsuit, you know, hey, if I tell you you have to do this and something comes back, it'll come back on the NCAA. That's why he's leaving up to the university presidents and chairman and all the folks involved um, with the colleges. So that's the situation we're watching. Love to hear from you on this Tuesday morning, 804-327-0888. Going to take a time out, come back with much, much more show. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 106.1. Hi, everybody. It's Joe Moglia, the former head football coach of Coastal Carolina, as well as the chairman of the board of TD Ameritrade. You're listening to my friend Jamie King on the Sports King show on Sports 106.1. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. 
Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. You're listening to a man whose yoga instructor asked him how flexible he was, and he replied that he couldn't do Tuesdays. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. Welcome back, Tuesday morning Sports King show. Thank you for joining us, Facebook Live and on Sports 1061. We now go to the Sports King Hotline, live to Somerville, South Carolina. We are joined by William. What's on your mind this Tuesday morning, William? Oh, man, just got a lot of my mind, man. But when it comes to the, the skins thing, man, and I'm going to say this, I might be a Cowboys fan. I'm going to say it, Nation, but why, man? I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I do believe red, man. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, man. It's kind of like I understand why the name had to change, and I understand it. I kind of don't like it because of the history of the Skins. Uh, you know, I I watched them. I ain't going to lie. I watched them ever since I was a kid, too, you know, and uh, with the history of the Skins and everything. And now this name change, I wish it never done it. But at the same time, money talks. So, you know, when when you start pulling these sponsors and the sponsors start pulling away, you you kind of just gotta just let make it happen. But I wish at the same time that it was more time to this. Like instead of the sponsors just pulling out, that they would have sat down and really started talking about this for a little bit longer before they just said, "Hey, look, man, forget it. You don't want to do it. Then this is what we're gonna do." And I think in the half. To me, I think that's kind of wrong. You look at the history of the team and some of the great fans of the team, one of them, the actor Matthew McConaughey, I'm a fan of his, and he said when he grew up in Texas, he said it was very rare, he said, because I was a Redskin fan in Cowboy Country. He said, I grew up with Chris Hamburger. I was a big fan of his. I like Hamburger, so I like Chris Hamburger, and uh, I cheered for the Redskins. He said, I always liked that Cowboys uh, Indians type of feel to it where it was kind of like the old Westerns and so forth. And the fact he's such a fan of that rivalry, of course, all of the great Thanksgiving games. And uh, of course you saw so much through the years as you were a Cowboys fan, you know, so much about it. Let me ask you this. Uh, some people are saying even the Cowboys could be uh, with their history of uh, uh, things against uh, the native Americans in the past. Maybe that's an issue that some people are looking at them and saying, Hey, should we change the Cowboys name? Maybe the Cowboys have done some things in the past that they're not proud of. And now they're talking about the Texas Rangers. They're in major league baseball, uh, looking at them potentially with a racist past and maybe oppressing folks of color. Not sure about this, but I'm, I'm just saying I'm reading every day that sports as we know it are under siege. And some people have said to me, is it going to get to a point where we go team one, team two, team three, team four, team blue, team gray, team red, team yep. orange, whatever? I mean, is it getting to a point of going too far, or is there such a thing? I mean, what's your take on this, William? 
You know, my take on it is it's going too far. And, you know, as far as a team, a team just finds a name that's trendy. They find a name that fits them, and they use that name. It has nothing to do with placing, you know, racist remarks or anything like that. It's not even about that. And I believe that it's not. And I could be wrong, but they just find a name that fits them, a good-sounding name, and a name that's going to sell. And that's what they choose. It, it has nothing to do with, you know what I'm saying? It, it, I don't think it has nothing to do with racism. It has nothing to do with that, period. And I just think it's just gone a little bit too far. It's gone a little bit too far, and it just needs to stop. It really does. Well, I tell you, it would be nice if that was the case, but... Just don't know if that's even uh, possible at this point. Things, uh, as they say, the genie's out of the bottle, so we're going to have to watch and see how this is going to unfold. Uh, what's your take? Yeah. Do you agree, disagree on me, on my take in terms of the uh, the daily testing, uh, daily results uh, theory that I have in terms of uh, long-term success? Uh, do you think it can happen in a, any other way in terms of ensuring long-term success? Jamie, I agree with you 110 percent on that, man. I mean, you you have to you have to test, man. You know, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, you you have to because you've got to make sure that everything's taken care of, man. You, you, there's no there's no room for error. You you have to do it. You're exactly right. And now, uh, final question for you. Here we are as we head to the 11 o'clock hour. You have 24 hours left. You are a Dallas Cowboys fan. Dak Prescott sitting there wringing his hands, worrying about the deal that may or may not happen. Of course, he's been tagged for $31.4 million. Do you expect Jerry Jones to open his wallet tomorrow, have a meeting at the last minute? Because right now, there has been no real discussion. Do you think it's just going to pass by the timetable of tomorrow afternoon and say, you know, basically, Dak, take what you have because you're not getting the big dollar payment right now? You know, I don't think it's going to happen. And if I was Jerry, I'll send him a picture of the red rifle and say, take a look <laughs> at this guy. <laughs> and this guy wants this seat. Now, you can sign this thing and work hard for it, or you can just, I mean, I would not give him the money. Bottom line, he, he, he wouldn't get the money. No way. No, no, no. He's not getting the money. I wouldn't do it. If I was Jerry, I wouldn't do it. He can't do it. He can't, well, and I don't think well, Jer- he won't. Jerry's going on record saying we're only focused on getting a long-term deal on Dak. We're not focused on next year or the year after that. We have the resources. We know all the quarterbacks, and the most important position on the team is quarterback. We won't ever be in a position where we can't uh, tender a franchise offer, but our strict focus is on signing Dak to a long-term deal. So he's saying all the right things. Then he gets, mm-hmm. of course, the red rifle in there, and you have to wonder – if he's saying it, but he's giving the money and saying, hey, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to go all in on you. And, of course, the Cowboys want to get a deal done. Prescott has leverage that no other players had. He can make nearly $70 million over the next two seasons and then most likely force his way to the open market. The franchise tender for 2022 2022- 2022 would be a whopping 54.25 million, 54.25 million overall in 2022. So he can really basically play it out right now, 
But if you were to say right now as a player, I'll make $70 million if I keep signing these tenders over the next two years, is not chicken scratch. So basically he's still going to make a great amount of money, just not the three, four, five hundred million he's looking for. So you feel tomorrow it's going to come and go. And as I said, if it goes to 2022, he's going to make $54 million a year. So he's really not in a bad position any way you slice it. Right, he's not. He, I mean, he, he's not. He's in a good position if he'll just take what he's got right now and know in the long term what's, what can happen and possibly what he can get. Now, he's still not. I don't, still don't think he would ever be on that Patrick Mahomes level, you know, or, or Russell Wilson level for that money. He just needs to right now understand that he's not on that level yet. You know, and it's still things that he still needs to do and he needs to overcome to order to get that money. And until he does that, uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry's not going to budge. And if he budges, now let me tell you, if he budges and he decides to give him that money, you know there's something in that clause, in that contract for him. Hey, I, t- I tell you what. Yeah, yeah. For me, I just don't reward eight and eight with five hundred million dollars. I just can't do it. Real quick, you've got fifteen seconds. Need the answer. Uh, heading in the next segment, uh, the top of the hour. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Who do you take? Which one is better in your opinion right now? Which one do you want? I have to go right now with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think it's just this guy is electric. Uh, you know, Lamar is electric on his feet. The guy can throw, but. You know the Titans disprove what what you can do with the with the with the run and force them to pass. You just put eight in the box, load the box, hit him with a couple blitzes, and it kind of slows him down. He has to understand and learn how to use his arm more, and they have to design something for him for that. So I would just have to go with Patrick Mahomes because he's complete. Okay, we're going to talk about that more in hour number two coming up next. That plus we're going to look at a. Guy that has the Washington, uh, whatever football team you're going to call him now, by the short hair, is a guy that has all the names and all the power right now. This guy saw some things that other people didn't, and he squatted on some names. We're going to talk about that and much, much more. Plus your phone calls, 804-327-0888. The Sports King comes back after these messages. Don't go away. We've got a lot more show. Look forward to talking to you and talking more about the Redskins or I'm sorry, that team from Washington, the football club. All that and more as the Sports King rolls on Tuesday morning. This is three-time Super Bowl champion number 71 of the Washington Redskins defensive end Charles Mann, and you're listening to the Sports King Show live on Sports 106.1. Don't go away. He'll be right back. We want to thank our sponsors for which we can't do this show. During the break, I was drinking this Waikia water, volcanic, Hawaiian volcanic water. Good stuff. So everybody at Waikia... Send me your uh, information. I'm interested. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Volcanic water. Who knew? Anyway, other sponsors that we are working with, we're so excited to have on board. The Nerve Company, never underestimate Radical Vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. Good morning, Denver. Go to www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. They do graphics, website design, marketing plans, 
They simply do it all at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. And by CMA's Colonial Honda, continuing to to, uh, keep lives moving forward, go see for yourself. They have new cars, used cars, an amazing selection, one-of-a-kind selection, which can be delivered directly to your door if you want them to. President General Manager Tim Cosgrove, one of the kindest, nicest people you'll ever meet, has the best car-selling team in the country, and they will make it happen for you every time at CMA Colonial Honda. How about the podiatry centers, Dr. Paul Ross? If you have a foot problem of any kind, Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery with offices in both Springfield, Virginia, and Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 180,000 people, of which I'm one, that have been seen by the best in the business, Dr. Paul Ross and the podiatry center. And by the way, folks, the Sports King Show features the Ross Rules of Foot Care, which are heard weekly here on this very station to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. And we welcome back to the Sports King program Joe Mowgli of the Renaissance Man, the former head coach of Coastal Carolina football, also the current chairman of TD Ameritrade. He offers insight on life, finance, and sports heard weekly on the Sports King show. It's the Joe Mowgli report, and we love Joe here. Of course, it was our own Ben Maitland last week that had maybe the greatest question of all time when he asked, Coach, how do we make more money? Now, the guy doesn't say a lot, but when he does, it's like E.F. Hutton, you've got to listen to what he says. But how about that question? And I was I was all ears. I'm like, Ben really has nailed this one. And Coach laughed at it, and he said, basically, ask Jamie and his sponsors for more. And it kind of fell off the rails at that point. But anyway, Ben with another great question, always offering great insight to the Sports King program. Yesterday's show, we want to thank, of course, uh, Blue Lou Marini. What a great opportunity. Hope you guys had a chance to listen to Blue Lou, of course, from the Blues Brothers movie. Ben and I were talking about our love for that movie and how great it was to have a flashback with somebody that's been there with Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi. Just a fun, fun day for us yesterday on the Sports King program. We hope you all had the opportunity. And it was Blue Lou who played the opening theme to the Blues Brothers uh, Fast Music, of course, their opening segment they play on all of their concerts. He did it on flute. He said it was the first time. I didn't have my sax. He said I've been traveling in D.C., but I'm going to do this for you on flute. And if you have an opportunity, go back on our podcast from yesterday. Listen to Blue Lou playing the opening to the Blues Brothers on the flute. It was really fun uh, to hear him do that. Very enjoyable man. And, uh, boy, he's done it all. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Saturday Night Live, Blues Brothers Band, James Taylor. He's done it all. We appreciate Blue Lou Marini for joining us yesterday. I want to get back to the Redskins for a minute. And as the Redskins prepare, excuse me, the Washington Football Club, I apologize, uh, to change the name, uh, they will have to deal with a man. Yesterday, as you saw yesterday, all of the different headlines were saying the Redskins are facing trademark issues, trademark issues. Tra- well, folks, it's not trademark issues. It's a guy that is a thorn in their side right now. His name is Martin McCauley. In recent weeks, McCauley has squatted on several potential names for the team via applications filed with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. It's not a new hobby for Macaulay. Back in 2015, Channel 5, Fox 5, highlighted Macaulay's effort to get ahead of the curve. He said that he could see the future on the issue and that it would come up and it would happen at some time. Well, now 2020, five years ago, he thought it would be 10 years in the making. It's happened in five Macaulay told Fox 5 at the time, when I look into the future, I see no change for 10 years. And then in 10 years, I see the name changing to the Washington Warriors. And if not the Warriors, then the Americans. And that's the name uh, Ken Paradiso, a Sports King Nation fan, said down in Charlotte, North Carolina. He loved the name the Washington Americans. 
which I could see, uh, then we could truly be America's team and compete with the Cowboys on that front, which would be great. Uh, McCauley's vision was a bit cloudy. Only five years after predicting no change, uh, the name is now changing, as we all know. As of the posting in 2015, McCauley had registered for trademark protection for the following Washington-based names. Now he's added more to the list. These are just some of the 44 that he basically has put out there. The Washington Americans, the Washington Bravehearts, the Washington Federals. Remember those guys years ago. The Washington Forces, the Washington Founders, the Washington Gladiators, Washington Monuments, Washington Natives, Washington Pandas. I don't get that one. Washington Pigskins, Washington Red-Tailed Hawks, Washington Renegades, Washington Sharks, Washington Veterans, Washington Tribe. Macaulay told Fox 5 that he spent over $20,000 to secure the various trademarks. Didn't seem very smart then, but now he's the smartest guy in the room. Uh, Sunday search conducted by Pro Football Talk uh, basically said that the database uh, that Philip Martin Macaulay uh, basically, he's recently filed applications for the following trademarks, Red Tails, Monuments, Veterans, Renegades, once again, Red Tailed, Red Tailed Hawks, and Washington Americans. Other related names, uh, he has done his due diligence, folks. He has 44 names under his uh, umbrella right now waiting for somebody to contact him. And guess what he's going to say to Daniel Snyder when he says, hey, I'm interested in that name. Yeah, that's fine, but, uh, you know, I put 20000 into it. I think maybe several million. I'll go ahead and sign it back over to you. So Washington's owner, Daniel Snyder, previously had claimed the rights to the Washington Warriors. The Washington Times reported that the team previously had abandoned that trademark. So you wonder if the fact that Snyder was able to get it back or if Mr. McCauley now owns it. So you're wondering because the database shows that McCauley filed an application for trademark protection of the Warriors' name in July of 2015. The name Windtalkers, Windtalkers, Co-Talkers are available. Those names would honor the Native Americans who worked in the Pacific Theater during World War II to transmit messages that Japanese forces could not decode. Of course, there was a movie of the same name. In recent days, however, reports have emerged suggesting that the new name will have no connection to Native Americans. And this is not to say anything disparaging of Native Americans or to say anything of the ilk. But the bottom line is, now that you have a situation where people are so gray in terms of saying, if you bring this name into it and it denigrates or has any connotation towards Native Americans, why would you even put yourself in that position? Because then you're opening yourself up to another situation, another Pandora's box. Uh, likewise, neither Red Wolves nor uh, uh, Red Wolves overall has been claimed in recent days. It has emerged as a viable option for the team's new name. Likewise, presidents isn't claimed as well. So basically, it's time for Michael McCauley to sit, wait for the phone call to the ring, and then basically negotiate a deal to try to sell something back to the Redskins, formerly Redskins, now Washington Football Club. So a situation that's unfolding there, but a guy that has 44 trademarks in total waiting for the phone to ring. And uh, when you see and read things online and see things on television saying that, it is a trademark issue. It's not a trademark issue. It's one guy that is a thorn in the side of the Washington Football Club sitting there waiting for a big payday. That is the real story. That's what's going to happen there. So we will keep you up to date the minute something breaks on that front. But right now, still a very fluid situation. They say it could take a couple of weeks for the name to change. We're going to wait and see if Mr. McCauley is front and center in the whole situation. We did find out yesterday that... A former Redskin great is coming home. Don Warren, 
according to Joe Person of TheAthletic.com, Donnie Warren has been hired by the Washington Redskins, the former tight end, as the new assistant director of pro personnel. His contract wasn't renewed by the Panthers, where he had worked with Ron Rivera and company for the past uh, 10 years as a pro scout. Warren spent his entire 14-year career playing tight end with Washington, was part of three Super Bowl championship teams. The team fired director of pro personnel Alex Santos and assistant director Richard Mann II this weekend as the team shakes up the football operations under head coach Ron Rivera. So you have to look at that situation and say, you know, it's time for a change. Ron Rivera is not staying pat, but basically he's bringing in some folks he's familiar with. Donnie Warren is a guy that can come in. He knows what Ron Rivera wants, the type of player he wants. And uh, you wonder how it's going to work, but uh, there's some other situations that uh, are out there, some other players uh, that uh, have done some things in the front office that they're looking at as well. And you wonder, like a name like John Dorsey, and some people will say, well, he's a friend of yours, and I know you're stumping for him a little bit. And yes, I am. Of course, uh, he helped me years ago, and my team won a national championship. He helped the Kansas City Chiefs. They won a Super Bowl championship. Remember this about John Dorsey. You'll say, well, he didn't have a great experience in Green Bay. He built a winner there. He went, uh, of course, to uh, Kansas City, and when he left, what he left behind in his wake, you have to remember, were it not for John Dorsey, there would be no Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Go back and look at the opening press conference for Patrick Mahomes. It was John Dorsey, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes. He saw something in that young man that nobody else saw at that number and brought him in, signed him, and look what's happened there. John Dorsey is as responsible as anybody for the makeup of that Kansas City World title team. Deserves a Super Bowl ring. I hope he certainly got one because without Patrick Mahomes, they don't win one. So John Dorsey there goes to Cleveland, has one year uh, under his belt there in Cleveland, of course, trying to turn it around. You can't do it in one year. But Jimmy Haslam and he had some disagreements about personnel and the way they were going to do things. So John Dorsey fell on his sword and basically said, I'm going to resign and walk away. Now, when you have a John Dorsey out there, a great evaluator of talent, I think it would behoove the Redskins to say, maybe not hire this guy as a GM, but let's bring him in and let him help us on the evaluation side, get him under contract and let him go out and try to find some key players, some key trades that we could use and utilize to help us get better. Whether they'll do that or not remains to be seen. But John Dorsey is a guy that's on the sidelines that should not be on the sidelines right now. He's a guy that basically is talented enough to come in and help this Redskins team, former Redskins team, uh, whatever team they're going to be called, Washington football club folks. It, took 87 years to get here. It's not going to happen overnight for me. So I apologize to anybody offended uh, as I use this name that basically is still, uh, you know, fresh in my mind and will be for the foreseeable future. Do want to let you know that, uh, of course, cornerback Jeff Okuda was the third player selected in this year's NFL draft. He reached agreement on his first NFL contract earlier than two players selected ahead of him. Ian Rappaport of NFL Media reports that Okuda has agreed to a deal with the Lions. It's a four-year deal. The Lions will hold an option for a fifth season under the new collective bargaining agreement. The salary for that option will be guaranteed at the time of execution other than the start of the league year. Okuda is expected to make a major role uh, on this team, basically the defensive uh, backfield for Detroit. Uh, Matt Patricia, I've gone on record Matt Patricia, in my opinion, is an assistant coach, will always be. I don't see anything happening. Jeff Akuda is not going to turn around the fortunes of this Detroit team. Matthew Stafford, of course, under siege. 
good team, not a great team. And Matt Patricia, I don't see offering anything to make uh, me change my mind. Maybe you can, 804-327-0888. Do you think Matt Patricia is long for the Detroit Lions? I don't see it. I just don't see a guy that is a great leader, maybe a great assistant, but not a great leader, and they do not play well for him for whatever reason. Um when you look at Jeff Okuda, he had 34 tackles, three interceptions, a tackle for loss, and forced fumble during his final season with the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Lions traded Darius Slay this offseason. That leaves Desmond Trufant, Justin Coleman, and Daryl Roberts as the most experienced corners surrounding Okuda on the depth chart. So when you look at the Detroit Lions defensive backfield, uh, they just got incredibly better by the addition of Okuda. But you wonder if that's going to be enough, and I just don't see that being enough to save the job of Matt Patricia. I think this is it for him. I could see another four to five win type season, and the reason you win those four or five is because of the play of Matthew Stafford, a guy that really deserves a better fate, kind of like Andy Dalton. He's just been surrounded by okay talent. He's had some good receivers, but he hasn't always had good offensive line play. Defensive line, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Matt Patricia, for all of his uh, background and information about how great of uh, a coordinator he is hasn't really it hasn't really done everything in Detroit that they've wanted him to do in terms of getting that team marketably better. I just don't see uh, you know how he is being looked at as a great savior for this Detroit franchise. I just don't see them getting that much better. I look at this team and I look at him and I'll tell you who I really reminds me of. He's like Jay Gruden. Uh, Matt Patricia, maybe a nice guy, a guy maybe sit around a fire pit with a beverage and uh, talk about uh, college and pro football and just have a great conversation. I'm not saying he's a bad guy to hang out with, but not to run your franchise. He's just not that guy. I just see him as uh, like Jay Gruden used to have his hand on the side of his face, like the all shucks, what's happening. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to zig here. I don't know how to zag. I don't know how to counter the move that was just given to me. And he just looks lost. Matt Patricia looks lost. And I just don't see him getting any better. I don't see Detroit getting any better uh, situation that uh, even though you're getting some top players in there, Matt Patricia is just not the answer for Detroit. I'm sorry for all you Detroit Lion fans, but it looks like another miserable season if everything goes off uh, as expected. Uh, The Tennessee Titans, um, speaking of the uh, tenders and the uh, franchise tag, uh, Derek Henry and the Titans are not expected to reach a long-term deal by the deadline, which is a disappointing thing because whereas Dak Prescott doesn't deserve a long-term deal, Derek Henry does deserve a long-term deal. He carried the mail for them last year. He did great things for them. Derek Henry scheduled to make $10.27 million in 2020 and will become a free agent in the offseason if a deal can't be reached by Wednesday. And I'm telling you right now, if they don't do a deal by Wednesday, I can see him walking away from Tennessee and going to somebody else. Uh, I can see him in the burgundy and gold as well. Uh, Derrick Henry could give us that big back we desperately need. He's 26 years of age, still a young guy. Uh, he led the NFL in rushing last year with 1,540 yards. And uh, since he signed the franchise tag, uh, there should be no concerns of a holdout. Both parties have until Wednesday to strike the long-term deal. The news should not affect uh, Henry's fantasy value in the drafts. He's currently fourth among all running backs in the latest expert consensus rankings. And how about the news yesterday about the 99 ratings that a lot of guys are getting? Of course, you saw Patrick Mahomes got a 99 rating. Christian McCaffrey, 99 rating. That is the 
rating, the highest rating you can get in the overall Madden, Madden rating. So in your games, as you start looking at your top players, uh, I know all of you guys that are the Madden junkies out there are looking for those 99 players out there, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and all these guys are now getting necklaces with the 99 on them. So if you see your favorite NFL player doing an interview and he's got a 99 uh, pendant around his neck, you're basically going to say, Oh, what's that 99? Well, it's because he's got a 99 rating, and EA Sports is setting these guys the uh, gold necklaces with the 99 on them. So it uh, basically shows what their overall rating is. So that's the situation there. Uh, so Derrick Henry expected not to get an agreement by tomorrow. Dak Prescott I do not think will happen uh, as far as his uh, his big deal is not going to happen. Uh, Sony Michelle. The running back, uh, of course, is recovering from off-season surgery on his foot, has been rehabbing at the team's facilities for several weeks, and he's looking to get better. The 25-year-old Michelle logged 247 carries for 912 yards, seven touchdowns in 16 games. Uh, Sony Michelle is currently 30th overall among all running backs in terms of uh, his consensus as far as top running backs in the league. But uh, Sony Michelle is a guy that uh, did some great things for the Patriots and of course, uh, is an excellent running back, but uh, right now coming off of off-season foot surgery, he's been rehabbing once again for weeks and weeks. So hopefully he'll be ready to go if the season gets off without a hitch. So that's where we're at with Sony Michelle. Going to come back and get your phone calls, 804-327-0888. Who do you want on your team? Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, in terms of the debate, the great debate, who's going to have a better career? I'm going to tell you why one should be taken over the other in a big way and why the other one is in deep peril. I'll tell you about that much, much more as the Sports King rolls on Tuesday morning. Hi, this is Philadelphia Eagles All-Pro running back Brian Westbrook, and you're listening to the Sports King Show on Sports 106.1. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Hi, it's the Sports King, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. The Sports King Studio line is now open. If you got a sports question, thoughts on your mind about your favorite team, we'd love to hear from you at 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> That's right. Can you handle it? Thank you, Ben Maitland, of course. You know I haven't heard from today. I'd love to hear from Coach Ogeron down at uh, LSU. Go Tigers! Always cheers me up when I hear from Coach Ogeron. Thank you, Coach. I want to let you know uh, we're moving on to a topic that is being discussed right now. Who would you rather have for the long haul? We know in the short haul, 
in terms of Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. When you look at the guys head-to-head, you can say, well, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes has been there, done that, got the T-shirt. The reason I want Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson is because of one vital area. When you look at the two, you've got a guy in Patrick Mahomes that has the mentality of know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. He knows when to run. Lamar Jackson relies far too much on the run. And that lies the rub for me. Therein lies the rub for me because he exposes himself. When you look at the numbers in terms of rushing, I mean, 2019, you got a guy over 1,000 yards rushing in Lamar Jackson. Yes, he can beat you with his feet. Uh, Yards per attempt, 6.9, long of 47, has uh, major touchdown ability with his feet. You can look at them together and say to yourself, who would you rather have? Well, the reason I want Mahomes is Mahomes is really reliant more on his arm, and he wants his arm to get himself out of trouble, and he'll take off when he has to. Lamar Jackson in that offense is more of a run you know, if you see any type of crack, go for it. Well, you're leaving yourself open and you're more susceptible to injuries through the run versus the pass. So I'm not saying guys can't fly around you back there and you can't get hit from the side. And we've seen all of the things that happen back to quarterbacks that hit get hit from the blind side. But when you look at these two quarterbacks, the thing that I love about Mahomes is he runs with a swagger and the ability to just really, he just, is so cool back there. He knows when to take off. Jackson does more of the, you know, I'm already made up my mind. I'm going to run this. And this is a situation where I'm going to go downfield with my feet. And I'm going to try to beat you with my feet versus saying, I'm going to throw first run second. And I think as Lamar Jackson develops and Mahomes is a year older. So as he develops, I'm not saying they're light years apart, but someone needs to get in his ear and say, listen, young man, in order for you to have that long career, you're going to have to get more selective in your running opportunities. It's okay to have that in your arsenal. You look back through the years at the Steve Youngs and the Randall Cunninghams, guys that could really beat you with their legs. Uh, but when you look at the two of them together, you have to say to yourself, the guy that you love more, I think, for the long haul is Patrick Mahomes because of the fact that he knows when to run and not just take off on a whim, whereas Jackson sees a little bit of a crack and he has that mentality, I'm just going to beat you because I'm faster than you and I can beat you there. Yes, that will work for a while, but eventually your body starts taking those kind of hits and eventually you put yourself in a position where you could really open yourself up to being a franchise guy on the bench because of a potential leg injury. I mean, you have to wonder through an NFL season, the rigors of a season, how long you can go taking those type of hits and you're wondering about whether or not that's something that you can get through. And uh, uh, we've got different situations where you load the box. Uh, Thank you, William. Uh, When you put eight men in a box and you try to take what he does away from a standpoint of running, he's forced to throw. Does that mean Lamar Jackson can't throw? No, he's an excellent thrower. He's gotten better since he was at Louisville. He's doing some great things with his arm. Uh, You're talking about a guy that has a 65% completion Percentage. I mean, his yards per attempt are okay, uh, 7.4, uh, 31 touchdowns, six interceptions, high touchdown to interception ratio. Both of these guys are very selective in throwing, but the running aspect is what separates them. And you say, man, you know, he's a beast. He can run. He can run people over. He can do this. He can do that. We saw Patrick Mahomes against the Patriots down there around the goal line. 
Um, you know, he ran into somebody and just drilled them. He's a guy that knows how to run over people at the right times. He's smart. He knows when to get down. He knows when to get out. He's just a selective guy when it comes to running the football. Whereas Lamar Jackson, that becomes more instinctual with him. And he's like, I can beat this guy to the corner. I can beat this guy or I see a crease. I'm just going to take off. And he doesn't, I don't think, process in terms of throwing the football first. It's run first, throw second versus Mahomes going throw first, run second. So, that's why I go with Mahomes for the long-term success. That's why I think he's going to have a better career because the longevity aspect you would think for Mahomes is going to be a much better opportunity for his success because he's an aerial guy. He's got weapons, and when you have the weapons that he has, and I'm not saying Lamar doesn't because he's getting more pieces there in Baltimore, but you don't go 14-2 and two and not and you're not a great player. He was the MVP for a reason. Lamar Jackson deserves all the accolades. I'm just worried about his long-term success, long-term health with a run-first mentality. Patrick Mahomes, meanwhile, has Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, Sammy Watkins. He's got all the weapons you could ever ask for, and they're just getting better and better. Throw in Andy Reid on the offensive side, and you've got everything you need right there for a long run. I have said this and continue to say this. If they stay healthy, I mean, I really see the KC Chiefs, as long as they're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, we don't know that uh, with the way things are going, but I can see them running off two, three, maybe even four Super Bowls over the next five years. They're that talented. But the key to that whole scenario is will they stay healthy throughout? Nobody knows that. Game to game, you just don't know. But if you keep a Patrick Mahomes under center, the sky is blue and the ceiling is unlimited for what the Chiefs can do. What's your take? 804-327-0888. Who would you rather have for the next five to ten years under center? Do you want Patrick Mahomes or would you take Lamar Jackson? Why? Yes, Lamar Jackson is dynamic with his feet, but uh, that is a situation where you have running backs for that. I don't want my quarterback leaving, leading me in rushing. If I'm a coach and I have a quarterback leading me in rushing, Yes, he's dynamic, but yes, it concerns me, and I have sleepless nights because I'm worried about him getting out on the edge and somebody coming along where he doesn't see them taking a shot at him or maybe a sideline shot. We saw years ago what happened to Drew Bledsoe, and I'm not comparing Drew Bledsoe to Lamar Jackson, but he ran around the side and got drilled, and when he got drilled, uh, he absolutely was knocked out, lost his position. Tom Brady came in, and the rest is history for the Patriots dynasty, but you see what happens when you open yourself up to run sometimes. You don't sometimes see what happens. Look at what happened to RG3. His tenure in Washington, he was definitely battered around, and a lot of it was because he ran the ball so much and relied so much on his athleticism that he opened himself up to some big hits that he didn't need to take. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. The thing I love about the guy is his makeup. He just has a mindset, and he really has complete control of this offense. If I'm Andy Reid, I'm looking at this saying, I've got the perfect guy, the perfect band leader for this orchestra. We're on the same sheet of music. He does everything the way I want. He carries himself with class and dignity. The guys respect him. They love him. I saw Travis Kelsey over the weekend at a golf tournament say, you know, once again, this is the best player in the league. He's the best quarterback in the league, and we all are 1,000% behind him. When you have that kind of support, from your players, you know they're all in on Patrick Mahomes. Just a likable young man. Anybody that watches him do interviews, that's why he's a beloved figure in Kansas City, and that is why he received five hundred, up to $503 million on his next contract. So would you take Lamar Jackson over him, or do you feel I'm right with the Travis uh, 
the Kelsey's of the world in support of Patrick Mahomes. When you look at the supporting cast, which supporting cast is better? Of course, I said Baltimore had the best overall draft, in my opinion. They're getting more pieces. Patrick uh, Queen, of course, the linebacker. They're getting more on the offensive side of the ball. So Jim Harbaugh knows what's happening there, and he's utilizing Lamar Jackson's running ability and trying to put him in position to do that. But I just think it's not a good, sound plan. Yes, they went 14-2, and but of the 14-2, and how many opportunities through each year are you going to put him at harm's way? And that's what bothers me as a coach. I really worry about his long-term success. Yes, he could be that guy that has that two- or three-year remarkable run, but then it only takes that one hit leaving himself exposed. And I'm saying the exposure to injury will be less for Mahomes than it would be for Jackson, another reason why I go to the Patrick Mahomes side of things. So I'd love to hear from you, 804-327-0888. Two dynamic guys, and you don't go 14-2 uh, and two in the case of Lamar Jackson unless you're talented, so you understand where I'm coming from there. Uh, it's almost like great and a little less great in terms of these two guys. You're going to have two great leaders. I just don't like the running aspect first. For Lamar Jackson. I do want to let you know that the situation is still going on with Raheem Mostert, the running back for the San Francisco 49ers. He has requested a trade, and after un, uh, months of unproductive talks with the 49ers about adjusting his contract, which paid him only for special teams, uh, his agent has requested. Uh, requested a trade. Mostert's agent, Brett Tesler, said the 28-year-old Mostert is set to, set to make $3.15 million in 2020, and he's requested a trade. He said running backs Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon, who have uh, the most to gain if the 49ers do move on from Mostert, he logged 190 overall carries for 1,108 yards, 13 touchdowns last season. Mostert is currently 26 among all running backs in the latest uh, expert rankings. And you're looking at overall from a fantasy standpoint, a guy that uh, really did some great things in the red zone last year. Raheem Mostert is a guy that is really underpaid and always asking is for fair market value right now. He's not getting it. Uh, John Lynch and the, um, Kyle Shanahan are basically saying, you know what, we've drawn a line in the sand. Either you play here for your current contract or you don't. You have to remember, last year he was being looked at and paid as a special teams guy when he came on like gangbusters down the stretch. And I don't know if the 49ers go as far as they do without Raheem Mostert and all the great running that he gave that 49er team down the stretch. Right now he's saying, you know, I'm not getting paid like I should be getting paid. So that is an interesting thing that we're going to keep our eyes on because of the situation there. And so we're looking at all of the uh, – Things in the sports world, of course, uh, switching gears to Orlando. Uh, the NBA, of course, and NBA uh, Commissioner Adam Silver has said there are no risk-free options about the NBA and the fact that we know this is a risky situation. Uh, this is the best of all the situations being in Orlando, the coronavirus, which has killed more than 130,000 people, and the infection rates and death rates have increased dramatically in Florida. And as long as there are no vaccines, Silver said last month, you cannot outrun the virus. So we understand that. But the NBA has restructured its season, and they're trying to get it going as quickly as possible, fully aware that 
it is going to be inevitable that some players are going to test positive, and they're trying to get through that. The Silver and the National Basketball Players Association Executive Director Michelle Roberts have not dismissed any positive cases outright in terms of the discussion as far as how it's going to go down in Disneyland. Of course, they're human beings, not chess pieces. Uh, uh, can still infect the young, the old, the coaches. You know, you're worried about everything there. Uh, they're encouraged that the infection rates have dropped uh, basically throughout the NBA. Um, the NBA isn't celebrating uh, quite yet, though. They're hoping things will get off without a hitch. No coach wants to oversee practices with a diminished roster. Players still have time to recover. Hopefully, some of the guys have been quarantined, like Russell Westbrook. Uh, we found out he has the COVID-19 virus, and they're saying that he's home recovering, doing well. Uh, hoping that uh, he can return before the season begins on July 30th at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. They have eight regular season games before the postseason begins on August 17th. So when you look at the situation with the NBA, uh, of course, Mark, Mike D'Antonio, the coach of the Rockets, said it would be great to have everybody at the beginning, but everybody's dealing with the virus. All of us are dealing with this. And on a video conference call, he said, we're trying to do the best we can. I think by the time the eight games are over, there won't be any effect. So many of the coaches are saying, let's get these guys all together. Let's get these guys, uh, uh, the ones that are here, let's practice the ones that aren't here. Let's get them healthy. Let's go through these eight games to end the deal. And if for some reason we get through it, hopefully everybody will be fine by then. We'll have a complete roster of healthy guys. Now, yesterday I was watching Giannis, uh, but Giannis was talking about, he said, I basically sucked. I'm terrible. I'm not playing well. Right now he's practicing. He said, I'm not fully ready to go in terms of game play. I'm not even ready to go for practice play. Uh, so Giannis is saying that, uh, and that's the team I picked to win it all. He's saying right now I'm trying to get back in shape. Now I'm wondering to myself, for Giannis's case, uh, did he not work out as much as he should have or could have? Is he that out of shape, or is it one of those situations where, as he said, I'm just not in basketball shape right now? So you're wondering in terms of that uh, where we're at in terms of his ability to lead this team. He's saying he'll be ready when everything goes up for the eight games, but not sure right now he's getting his legs under him and trying to get ready to go for this uh, sustained run to a title. But he's saying we're all going to be ready when the you know regular season starts. So hopefully he will get his legs under him. But I'm telling you, you've got some guys like um, Zion William, Williamson, of course, a late uh, addition in terms of a seeding against the Lakers. And you wonder that uh, the fact that uh, they could throw a scare into the Lakers because the Lakers don't have a very good backcourt right now. Ray John Rondo, we know, has a broken right thumb. He's out. Uh, Avery Bradley, of course, is staying home for coronavirus reasons, so they don't have really a great backcourt. They have J.R. Smith, a guy they picked up off a trash heap. You wonder if he's going to be able to do anything for the Lakers, and it remains to be seen if he's going to be able to be the leader they need. Of course, they've got a great front line, but you wonder in the backcourt situation, is that going to be enough for the Lakers? So don't be surprised if somebody like the Pelicans throw a major scare into the Lakers. And I'm going to tell you right now, if Zion Williamson and his supporting cast play like they're capable of, there are a bunch of young pups out there. And don't be surprised if they pulled an upset. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying don't be surprised if they did. And the reason is the Lakers just don't have a great backcourt. Now, yes, LeBron may be able to overcome that, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think Zion Williamson and the Pelicans are basically able to throw a major scare 
into the Lake Show. That's my take there. Going to come back, take your phone calls, close it out here on the Sports King Show on this Tuesday morning. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Bob Dandridge from the world champion Washington Bullet, and you are listening to Sports King Show with Jamie King on Sports 1061. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve. From teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. And welcome back, everybody, to the Sports King Show on this Tuesday morning, final 10 minutes. And want to welcome folks watching from South Carolina, North Carolina, Nashville, Tennessee, London, England, Atlanta, Georgia, Virginia. We got it all. We thank you all for tuning in on Facebook Live as well as Sports 106.1. And we would love to tell you some positive things that happened back on this date. If you remember July 14, 1970, the All-Star Game, it was this day that, and you can go back and watch this, this is an all-star game. Pete Rose collided with uh, Ray Fossey, injured Ray Fossey severely at home plate with the game-winning run for the all-star game. And it was Pete Rose leading with his shoulder. When you watch this hit that Fossey took, Fossey was basically protecting the plate. Pete Rose said, I got to get to the plate. Pete Rose, as you know, would do anything to win. And he ran over top of Ray Fossey. And, of course, uh, Pete Rose gets a winning run there. So Charlie Hustle, who still should be in the Hall of Fame but is not yet, but that basically happened this day back on July 14th, 1970, All-Star Game. Boy, do we miss those days where we had All-Star Games. Other news and notes around uh, the sports world. Uh, it has been declared that the son of Deion Sanders, quarterback Shador Sanders, committed to Florida Atlantic, uh, Florida Atlantic has basically had a great run in terms of uh, adding the uh, key players they need. Sanders, the NFL, uh, the son of NFL Hall of Famer Deion Sanders, is the number one eight number eighth ranked pocket passer and the number forty first ranked position prospect in the class. He's six foot two, two hundred pounder, out of Trinity Christian School in Cedar Hill, Texas is the first ESPN 300 recruit to choose FAU since ESPN started its rankings in 2009. Uh, he said he wanted to write his own legacy. FAU gave me the opportunity to do that. I trust the staff. 
Shador Sanders told ESPN's Jerry Hamilton in text messages. Uh, basically, Owls coach Willie Taggart was the first coach to offer me an opportunity to play at the next level. As a junior, uh, Deion Sanders' son threw for 3,477 uh, 3, yards, 47 touchdowns, four interceptions. He had 3,088 yards and 42 uh, touchdowns, seven interceptions his sophomore season, and his father was his offensive coordinator. So Shador Sanders going to FAU. That's some big news there. And we want to go back to uh, Sports King headquarters in Richmond with Ben Maitland, who's got some breaking news about the world of golf. And Ben, take it away. Yeah, good morning, Jamie. Appreciate it. Uh, just a couple of things on the golf front, and then uh, we'll get to some some news and notes uh, for the All-Star Race in Bristol tomorrow night for uh, for NASCAR for the Cup Series. Starting with golf, we had not touched on this yet today, but the PGA Tour, remainder of the PGA Tour season, will not have spectators um, at any of the tournaments. The, of course, we talked about this a little last week, that the Memorial, which gets underway this week up at Mirfield Village, uh, Jack Nicklaus's tournament, uh, fans had initially been set to be allowed at this week's Memorial Tournament in Ohio, but that plan was scrapped after a, a sharp escalation in coronavirus cases. The tour also announced yesterday there will be no spectators the rest of the season. That includes through the FedEx Cup playoffs. The uh, next couple of tournaments after the Memorial are the 3M Open, which was supposed to be held in Minnesota. Uh, The WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational in Memphis here in a couple of weeks will also not have fans. The PGA Championship, the first major on the calendar out at Harding Park in San Francisco, August 6th through the 9th, will also not have fans. Your FedEx Cup playoff events uh, we're supposed to start August 20th through 23rd at the Northern Trust up in Boston, the BMW Championship out at Olympia Fields in Illinois, and then the Tour Championship, which is the finale for the FedEx Cup playoff in Atlanta September 4th through 7th. All will not have fans in attendance. Looking at the calendar and kind of breaking things down, it looks like potentially the second major on the calendar, which would be the U.S. Open in September. Maybe they allow fans to be in attendance. I haven't seen one way or the other from the USGA that is supposed to be held at winged foot in New York. Not sure if that's going to happen as far as fans in attendance or spectators in attendance. Um, so that's what you have on the, uh, the spectator front for golf. Nobody in attendance, at least through the end of the, the tour schedule in September. We'll see what happens after that. The Memorial this weekend, a lot of big time threesomes pairings uh, or threesomes that will be teeing off on Thursday and Friday. Tiger Woods, of course, returns to the golf course for the first time since February. He will be paired up with Brooks Kepka and Rory McIlroy. That's a great trio that will be playing with one another Thursday and Friday. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, a recent winner on tour, will be playing with Colin Morikawa, who won last week. Patrick Cantlay, the defending winner of the Memorial, those three will be paired with each other. And then two other threesomes that are of note, Phil Mickelson, Justin Rose, and Shane Lowry, your defending Open Championship winner, will be playing together as will Justin Thomas, Xander Schauffele, and Dustin Johnson. On the racing front, tomorrow night, the all-star race at Bristol for the NASCAR Cup Series. Martin Truex Jr. drew the pole for tomorrow night's all-star race. Of course, you have the all-star open, which will set the remainder of the field for the actual all-star race. That will be run first uh, up to, it'll be four guys who advance out of the open, uh, the winner of stage one of the open, stage two, and stage three of the opens, and then a fan vote winner, We'll round out the 20-car field for the actual All-Star race. And again, Martin Truex Jr. drew the pole for that event. Alex Bowman will start alongside him tomorrow night, and that is at Bristol, Tennessee. Back to you. 
Thank you very much, um, Ben Maitland, all over it. Uh, breaking news, both on the golf front, Tiger coming back, and, of course, Martin Truex Jr. on the pole. So thank you so much uh, for that update, Ben. want to also let you know that the Philadelphia Eagles, this is a guy I was hoping the Redskins would take a look at, but they did not. The Eagles are bringing back, as expected, veteran offensive lineman Jason Peters for a one-year deal. The deal has $3 million in guarantees, is worth up to $6 million, according to Adam Schefter. Peters, of course, aging now, 38 years of age. And it's funny when you say people are so old. Of course, I'm way older than that, but he's 38 years of age. And uh, I guess for football years, that is a long time. He's been named to nine Pro Bowls over a 16-year career with the Eagles and Buffalo Bills. you think that Skins would have gone out and got a guy like that. It would definitely short up their offensive line. Jason Peters has been selected once again at nine Pro Bowls. Uh, they believe that their stand-up tackle for the last 11 seasons can transition to right guard to fill the void left by Brandon Brooks, who is out for the year with a ruptured Achilles. He will add depth and versatility overall with the ability to bring their swing tackle as well. And the thing about adding a Jason Peters back in Philadelphia is he knows the offense. You don't have to worry about a guy coming in have to learn. There's not a big learning curve. Uh, basically, it's the situation there. Uh, he'll add the depth and versatility overall uh, that they need. Uh, while Andre Dillard, the team's 2019 first-round pick, is projected to start at left tackle, he was up and down over his four years as a rookie, leaving questions by some internally whether he was ready to assume the full-time role. While Dillard has been credited with adding strength this offseason and has earned praise from the coaching staff for his efforts over the past few months, Peters provides an insurance policy should Dillard not be able to sufficiently protect Carson Wentz blindside. So Carson Wentz is a big winner here. You're looking at a guy when you say, uh, Jason Peters is a guy that you can plug in anywhere on that offensive line and is a guy that can really step up and do some big things. That's why I would think the Redskins would have said, hey, if we could take him from a divisional rival, bring him in here, and basically help him shore up our team, it would be a great signing for the Redskins. They decided not to do so. I think maybe because of his age that was the major factor there. But overall, it's a player that is definitely still able to compete at a high level. Jason Peters, I guarantee you, is a major addition to return to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Dirty Birds there in Philadelphia are going to be happy to have him. Carson Wentz is going to be happy to have him. And Doug Peterson is going to be happy to have him because he's equally adept as a run blocker and a pass blocker. He's a guy that can really get it done in terms of that. So that is going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Sports King Show. Of course, I want to thank Ben Maitland for doing all the work behind the glass. He does it double duty for Big Allen Sports Phone, heard here live every day, uh, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 live Big Allen Sports Phone. Then we follow 10 to 12, and we're live as well. And then we head out to Los Angeles with the great Jim Rome. Jim Rome in the jungle in Los Angeles momentarily coming up on these airways. We want to thank once again all of you for tuning in on Facebook Live Sports 1061. Stay tuned to Facebook and other avenues and don't forget that all of our shows are heard on podcast forms. Every podcast out there, if you miss a show, don't worry, you can go back and pick it up. And of course, folks have been asking how to listen again to yesterday's show featuring Lou Marone, uh, Marini, of course, Blue Lou Marini from Saturday Night Live fame and Blues Brothers fame. A great show. You want to go back and listen to that? That's available as well. So we've got all that for you, and we will keep you up to date. Of any any new lineup additions, we'll let you know via Facebook and all of the other aspects. You can go to sportskingradio.com as well and follow us there. So that's going to wrap her up 
on a Tuesday. Uh, we thank you so much, and Jim Rome will be in there today. He's going to have a fill-in host, and we're going to let you know that uh, we'll be back here starting on 106.1 tomorrow with Big Al, sports phone, the Richmond legend, right here with Ben Maitland. It starts tomorrow. So that's going to wrap her up. We thank you for all of the calls and uh, all of the comments on the Redskins name change. We appreciate that. And we look forward to having you back tomorrow for another edition of Sports King. We'll, maybe we'll find out what the Redskins football club name really will be. But we hope you have a great rest of your day. Be kind to one another. And, uh, hey, we're one step closer to getting where we want to be. Have a great rest of your day. For Ben, I'm Jamie. We'll see you tomorrow.